0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Welcome to the J podcast. I am your host, Jehans Maniga, a.k.a. 12, a.k.a. Canadian Red Bull. Before we get into it today, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network, where you can get content such as this. Different individuals are presenting their alma maters, just like I am doing today, for the CU Blue Jays, as always. With me today on Season 2, he's our seventh guest. On the podcast, he was a student manager at Crane. He was a member of two teams that won the Missouri Valley Tournament Championship and one Missouri Valley Regular Season Championship. He was the captain of the Manage team that played against and beat most other manager teams in the Valley. He's currently on the Omaha Blue Crew TBT staff, and he does so much behind the scenes, I literally don't even know what title to give him. He <laughs> hails from and is the pride of Fargo, North Dakota, Michael Mickey Mike Vanderboard is in the
1: building. Welcome to the J, brother. Thanks, Jay. Brother. Thanks, Jay. It's good to be How here, you man. Doing, man. How you holding up? Trying to stay warm. Uh yeah. It's officially officially wintertime. Uh hoop yeah. season's in full swing. I've kind of like wound down the whole football season stuff. Like that's whatever. We're basketball All that season. What really
0: now. is left is uh college football. I know you're a super big football fan. I know you're a North Dakota state guy too. So like how are the Bison's holding up, first of all, and uh, what's, what's the future looking like?
1: Look, the the dynasty is still intact. Uh, it's 11 straight, maybe 10 straight NCAA, FCS quarterfinal appearances. Uh, they'll play East Tennessee State on Saturday, uh, and then hopeful that, you know, get uh, get a win there. And then I think James Madison probably comes to Fargo Dome the following week, um, but the success is unbelievable. And it's fun for me. My, my dad played back in the seventies. And so every week that we tailgate, it's a chance to to see some of his old teammates. And uh, it's nice to, to be able to go into a dome versus mm-hmm. watch these games outdoors. Uh, yeah. So you have a little fun at the tailgate, uh, throw your gloves in the car, head in and, and cheer on the bison.
0: I remember the first time I met you, that was like one of the first things that you mentioned, you just spoke out your affiliation immediately uh, about the bison try to convince all of us to become fans and i remember being like hey you know what they're not a bad squad to watch on a Saturday afternoon uh fast forward a couple of years Carson Wentz is the quarterback of my Indianapolis Colts and i'm still quite not sure how i feel about it
1: hey as long as they're winning you could be a we love it right i mean it's it's a simple yeah. formula
0: yeah no i know easy like Every once in a while, I get a little upset because I was a little spoiled with the mannings and the looks of the world. But our team is now going through that stretch where we're just trying to figure out who the man is going to be. And if it's got to be Carson Wentz for a little bit, I mean, I guess we just got to accept it.
1: Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I think you and I could hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor. True or false? Uh, yeah,
0: that that would be pretty easy. Yeah, I could run a little play action with Jonathan Taylor, too. <laughs> yeah. He's killing right now. Probably an MVP. or Not probably, I should say he is an MVP candidate. Uh, as vote. of this recording, yeah, I, I don't know how it, how he's going to do for the rest of the season, but as of now, like he is the MVP in my eyes. Yeah. A little biased opinion, though. That's fine.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: I mean, you're on the Welcome to the J Podcast. This is all about biased opinions, especially when we talk about the boys. So, let's get into it, man. Uh, unfortunately, we have to record this podcast after a loss. I hate doing this because we just have to be a little critical of the boys, and I hate to be. But the Jays lose uh, in a hell of a grinded out game against Iowa State number 19 Frank on Saturday on the night where the shots weren't really falling. Just simply weren't able to get enough stops down the stretch uh, to pull out a victory. What was your initial reaction to the game?
1: Yeah, a couple of things. One, I'm constantly reminding myself of patience. Uh, I think as a fan not only that's been behind the scenes, but now is is a a little bit more disconnected from the program. There's a lot that goes into this, 18-, 19-year-old kids, um, being patient with how young we are uh, and seeing some of the improvements come along. Uh, I think the frustration was just the toughness. You know, Iowa State, uh, led by T.J. Alzenberger, kind of got up in our shit a little bit, and uh, and we didn't respond real well. And you you actually saw that in a couple of Coach Max huddles where it was – Be patient. You have five seconds when you pick it up, you know, start making better decisions. And uh, they really sped us up offensively and not in a, in a good way. And uh, you, you, we settled down a little bit late, but at that point it was, it was a little bit too late. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And just like noticing max reaction
0: during the timeouts coming out of timeouts because Mac has got an incredible poker face when it comes to those types of things. It's rare that you see, you know, frustration build up and eventually kind of, Go over the top of Mac but there was a couple of times where you could just see it like he just had had enough I think they had 21 turnovers yeah. all together in the game you take a handful of those away and it's a totally different game in my opinion right you never know what could happen when you throw that ball up towards the basket but a young team uh showed its hand again um we talked you just mentioned the word patience that's been a word that I've been saying over and over again on this podcast that we're gonna have to exercise a whole lot of patience this year aren't we
1: yes Yes, we are. And it's, you know, it's fun to see some of the growth because you you can definitely sense it. Some of the confidence uh, with Ryan. I, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner is the one that I'm, I'm really starting to gain a lot of trust in. And, and uh, I think he's starting the chip on the shoulders, getting a little bit bigger game by game, blocking shots, getting a little more aggressive in ball screens, getting to the glass. I mean, that dude, we're, we're going to need big production out of him uh, as the season wears on. Uh, and, and frankly, everyone, like I, I think, this is a team. We're not going to have a guy, granted Ryan scored 25 Hawkins. We're not going to have a lot of that. It's going to have to be consistently balanced. Um, and let's find that mismatch every night and take advantage of it and uh, uh, continued. Uh, the other piece is continue to build in Coach Mack's playbook. I don't t- – to a regular fan, you have no idea. Jay, you lived it for, for four <laughs> yeah. years. You you don't just pick that up in, in – f- summer ball or fall ball. like mm-hmm. it is an ongoing thing and we're starting to see some of those sets take effect out of timeouts uh, or when we can really, as Bill Rafferty say, get the puppies organized. Um, and we're getting baskets out of it. So that will that will keep building. That's the patience, the patience piece. Yeah.
0: It's kind of crazy like in a game where shots were falling. like I said, Ryan Hawkins was such a bright spot for the Jays. I think he went eight of 11, 25 points, very efficient night for him. He was a steady, calming hand, and I'm not going to lie, a couple of his moves going to the basket with those floaters and soft touches reminding me of another power forward that played for the Jays, whose name shall not be named right now in fear of people, you know, trying to compare the two. But what has Hawkins meant to the Jays so far this season, just with all the experience that he brings from obviously playing Division Two ball?
1: Yeah, both sides, too. I think. Fans are starting to get a little taste of why he was MIAc. I can't remember the name of the conference. Defensive Player of the Year twice. He's in the right spots. Uh, he's in the right gaps. He can block shots. He can, you know, sort of get hands in the passing lane. So defensively, uh, he's getting there, and he's starting to show that. And then offensively, obviously the the stats don't lie. What he's shooting from three, and what he has shot from three. Uh, and then his ability to uh, the quick flips, the floaters. Uh, I had the same thought as you were saying it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely very reminiscent of. Uh, it's, it's
0: the resemblance was striking to me. I had a chance to watch the game again, uh, Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I should say, and I just kept being like, "Man, that looks very familiar," especially on the pump fake closeouts. You know, attacking to his right, getting his puppies organized in the paint, and yeah. laying that shot load off his fingers, man. That it looked pretty to me. It's
1: pretty. It's pretty. and yeah. I, I think there's there's probably an element of the huddle too that uh when you have a guy he's played in national championships, he's played in big games to to just kind of gather everybody and say, let's breathe. Let's take a deep breath. I think at Nebraska prime example, you know, they cut a big lead down to three, four, five points. You got a guy like Ryan Hawkins, you can kind of lean to him Uh, because there, there is, you know, this as well as anyone, there's a huddle after the huddle coaches will take a timeout. And then there's the, let's get out back on the floor, but it's us five, frankly, against the world at that point. Um, and to have that voice, the calming presence, uh, but then the swagger to say, I'm going to do it. Let's go. I'm going to, I want you guys to join me.
0: He's, uh, he's, he's been incredible and he's definitely been someone that I've been very happy was able to join this young group of guys as a transfer. Uh, Ryan Nemhard, uh, a little bit of a tough game for him, only two assists. I think we've been kind of spoiled the first couple of games with how well he's been able to distribute the ball. Uh, struggle against a tough physical defensive team and presence in Iowa State. Uh, you're a guy that saw, you know, a lot of these guys develop over the years behind the scenes. What is one of the things that you've seen early on from Ryan Nemhard that he can... Uh, that he needs to improve on and that he will undoubtedly improve on as his, as he gets, you know, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit stronger.
1: Yeah. I think for Ryan, it's, it's hard to simulate how big and strong Iowa state was. And we're going to see this a lot in the big East where you're going to have the six, four long arm physical guard uh, guarding Ryan. And
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we got to do a better job in ball screens. Uh, I I was pretty, pretty frustrated and that there was just no ability to give him any space. Um yeah. the other piece is when when teams are gonna go under those ball screens, I want to see him start knocking down shots. Let it um, fly, baby. Yeah, he he picks his spot really well, but he needs to do it more frequently. Uh because once that starts happening and you gotta get into hedges with him, he's gonna just pick teams apart. Um, and so it'll come. Uh you can see his ability when he gets in the paint, like there's so many decisions going through his head. So slowing down that piece a little bit too, and then just picking what you want to do. Like, are you shooting a floater float it? If you're going lob with, you know, one of our bigs, let let them go get a dunk. So uh, the decisiveness and, uh, and then probably I think the last piece is leadership. Like, can he be a guy that leads this team? I think Marcus Segarowski. At some point, it started to really click for him that I'm the dude and I'm capable of shouldering this and uh, I'm going to help take this team to the next level. How, how fast can we get Navar to that, that point where I'm the dude and we're going to go places with me?
0: Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, Get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call telephone number 1-800-GAMBLER. You've been a guy that's been in the coaches' offices roaming around days after losses. So you know if we play badly, what that next practice is sort of kind of going to look like before we as players do. The boys just had 21 turnovers against a tough physical team. What do you think Coach Mack is doing this week to prepare them for, like you mentioned, not only uh, Big East uh, games that are coming up soon, but a BYU team, which, you know, quiet is kept. is a really, really, really good team as always. So what do you think this practice is going to look like with all the turnovers that happened this past game?
1: You know, we mentioned uh, football season's over. There may have been a few pads that got brought out uh, (laughs) for the big guys. Uh, maybe run the guard <laughs> guards through some some football pad drills. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I think there's elements of. I don't know how you teach patience, like to the actual guys, and say, "Hey, here's a five second count." But just some toughness drills. Maybe uh, what, what was our the the boiler maker drill? I mean, we had a couple that.
0: Was, I mean, ask Coach Les to come up with a toughness drills, and he'll have a few for your ass. Like yeah. you don't even have to worry about yeah. that. Some charge drills, uh, what, Cavalier finishing, Spartan rebounding, you name it, he has them.
1: Yeah, I'm going to guess we saw some of the, you know, I'm going to throw it to one side of the free throw line. You go finish and one. Uh, right. The Cavalier finishing and then probably just some some ball handling with one or two guys hacking on you. And I, I'm going to guess the managers were pretty, pretty busy yeah. in, in, <laughs> in that as well. So, I, you know, it. I, There's good and bad. Like there's definitely some learnings uh, and there's probably some clips that you just throw away. Like my biggest turnover frustration. This is the total squirrel guys that catch the ball in the corner have a wide open three, but choose to drive and they step on the out of bounds line. Um, Yeah. I've, I've lost it. I've had enough. I've seen like six every game and not just, not just Creighton. It's every game. We got to, we, if you catch my, my, this is my new rule. You catch in the corner, you're shooting that thing. You have to shoot it.
0: Yeah. No if, ends or buts about it. It's funny. Cause uh, I, when Toby Hegner was in, or sorry, it was a uh, Will or that was in here post Nebraska. You remember we had a couple of those against Nebraska too, on that same sideline. Will had remembered previous years where at Pinnacle bank, his teammates, I wasn't on that team at the time, but his teammates stepped on the sideline on that same one. So, that's kind of a rule that I have here in a pro game. If I catch it in the corner, I'm not even thinking about driving. Going I don't know how hard they're close. It's got to go up.
1: Well, analytics would tell you, too, it's the best shot in basketball. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I need to do to get that instituted. Maybe I'll shoot Coach, T- Coach Mack a text and make sure that the guys know. You catch in the corner, it's going up.
0: Did you have to come up with a different level of intensity on the days after we lost, knowing that the managers were kind of kind go through hell at practice too? Oh, because you'd have to hit us. And at that time you were going up against Echenique and uh, Kenny Lawson, that my freshman year. Uh, what were those days like, like knowing that, like, okay, I know I'm not necessarily going to get to play basketball. I'm just going to have to pick up a pad and hit these guys as hard as possible.
1: Yeah, I think I, I, I still have shoulder damage of, of some sort from Gregory particularly. But, it, right. you know, it's, it's always hard as a manager because you have sort of who you report to as an employee of the program. Mm-hmm. And then you have, all oh, these guys are my friends. So you got to find this <laughs> balance of how much do I try and kick their ass Knowing after this practice, we're going to go eat dinner together. And Uh if I do too much to piss off the players, I'm not going to have friends to sit with at the dinner table. If I don't do enough, I'm going to have the coaches call me into their office and say, hey, Mike, did you make us better today? And if you can't answer that question. So it was such a balance of take care of the guys, take care of who cuts my check. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: (laughs) that's so bro. I just I keep thinking about the times where I would look at you and like obviously we would go through warmups and all that stuff. Once we really got into it, I would look at your gray, your standard gray Creighton basketball T-shirt, and it would be drenched. And I was like, "Man, Mike really went through a workout today just like we did." And not only you, obviously, I'm speaking on behalf of all the other managers too who are in there working their asses off with us, but everywhere you guys don't get the flowers you deserve for some of the physical altercations you kind of put yourself into just by being a part of the program.
1: Yeah, it was a blast. I tell people all the time, I, I don't regret any of it. The 4am practices, the midnight laundry sessions, um, the, the time you get to spend around the program, you, you just, you get to see so much more. And I, frankly, I would encourage anybody, if you're Uh, As unathletic as I am, but still love the game of basketball, of football, any sport, uh, volunteer, like try and become a manager at your school and get to experience the behind the scenes and, and see what goes into every practice, every game, every workout. Like it's, it's insane. Um, And it's easy as a fan to only see the 60 minutes of a basketball game uh, or 60 minutes of a football game versus no 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 these guys for 365 days a year are busting their asses and that's that's them reaping the rewards but you know enjoy the process and enjoy everything that goes into it
0: so we mentioned that the boys play against BYU next uh as of this recording cuz i think they play tomorrow they're 7 and 1 uh this includes impressive wins against Oregon and Utah their lone loss, surprisingly, was against Utah Valley in overtime. A little bit of a shocker as I was looking that up today. Their leading scorer is guard Alex Barcelo. He's averaging 18.6 points per game. Their point guard, Tejon Lucas, is averaging 11.9. So let's call it 12 points a game and yeah. five assists per game. Uh, what should the boys, you know, where can they improve? Obviously, not counting the turnover. I think we've, we've crapped on that enough, but. You know, what are you looking for as far as improvement is concerned for the boys on their next timeout?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I We're going to see two of the best guards, uh, maybe not all season because Big East is pretty mm-hmm. stacked. But yeah. from a scoring standpoint, you know, Tijon Lucas is a transfer from Illinois and UW-Milwaukee. So shout out to this guy being on his third school. Uh, and Barcelo is just a walking bucket. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Great fans may remember a guy named Jimmer Ferdette that came to the CenturyLink Center back in, what was that, 2011? Uh, Jay, you had a lot of fun chasing him around. Uh, First we're, of we're gonna, all,
0: you're, we're going to age ourselves here a little bit. It was called Quest Center at the I time. Know. It turned into to CenturyLink after I know.
1: It's hard to – I, I yeah. see
0: BYU and I think Jimmer immediately. And I think avid college basketball fans have the same kind of like knee-jerk reaction, where we see that – cougars logo and we're like oh shit jimmer's around jimmer.
1: <laughs> jimmer they had another good big on that team too
0: uh yeah i'm gonna uh brandon davies i've right, against him go. a couple of times overseas actually he's still out here doing his thing he's actually been on a couple of Euroleague teams he's a really really good high profile player out here in europe
1: he might have torched us as well we actually did a pretty good job on jimmer from what i remember yeah Held him to a season low, but I mean when you trap a guy every
0: ball screen, you'll do that.
1: <laughs> it's good coaching, it's good scouting. Uh yeah, but I think for the guys, one awesome opportunity. Pentagon is a is a killer facility in Sioux Falls. Um, right. I
0: failed to mention that it's on a
1: neutral site,
0: it's neither in site. Omaha or at DYU. It's on a neutral site in South Dakota, correct?
1: South South Dakota, Sioux Falls. Yeah. Uh very historical gym. Actually got a chance to watch uh Coach Gibbs coach Grant Gibbs there two years ago uh, with his G league team. That still doesn't sound right coming off my tongue, but yeah, uh, that's, that's okay. We can get, we can get into that a little later. Uh, It'll take a
0: little getting used to, but I think all of us would be lying to ourselves if we didn't say that Gibbs was going to be a coach. He's going to be a
1: coach. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no doubt. No, super proud of him and and all that he's doing and his future is really bright, but uh, yeah, I think we should travel fairly well. I don't know how many BYU fans will make the trip. Uh, my advice to Creighton fans is pack warm. It's going to be really cold in Sioux Falls. Um, and I think for the guys, you know, continuing to play a full 40 minutes. You know, we, we I think the North Dakota State game, we put it together for 35-ish good minutes. Much uh, to your chagrin. Well, that's a win-win game for me. Uh, I, I, I love both Coach Mack and, and Coach Richmond at, at North Dakota State are two of my greatest mentors and and friends, frankly, and I will support both of those dudes until I leave this earth. So it's fun to see NDSU come to Omaha. Um, I was wearing blue. I want the record to reflect that. And uh, I will, (laughs) I I will put on the green and gold when I, when I go up to the shield center here in in Fargo, but I can we, can we play a full 40? I mean, and we're going to have to with BYU ranked opponent unless yeah, they'll be ranked when we, uh, when we play them on Saturday. So let's put together a full 40, take care of the basketball. Um, see if we can't get a good performance from uh, Alex O'Connell. Uh, and one thing fans don't realize the dude is busting his ass defensively, defensively. Uh, yeah. and th- nobody sees those stats. Like, What he does chasing guys, and you know this as well as anyone, Colt Ryan, Jimmer Ferdet, you had to chase some dudes. It is really hard to play and score when you're doing that defensively. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just for Alex's sake, I want to see him make a couple shots and it'll get a little pep in his step defensively.
0: He's such an explosive athlete, which I never was. So he can get a <laughs> lot of easy, <laughs> he can get a lot of easy points either in transition and or on backdoor cuts, you know, or driving hard to the pin and just using his athleticism over guys. guy. So that's a little bit more that I'd like to see from him personally. But fans yeah. of the podcast will know that ever since this year started, I've been praising him for stepping up into that defensive role, accepting that defensive role because I I know how tough it is and I know how much sacrifice goes into that when. On any given night, you understand that you're going to score zero to 10 points, maybe, but yeah. you're going to have a positive impact on the team because you're shutting down that opposing player in his situation, in my situation, probably yeah. the best guard that's out there on the court.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And he did a pretty good job, uh, even versus Iowa State. I mean, Gabe Kelscher had, did he score? I don't even know if Gabe Kelscher scored uh i'd have to look
0: it up but it was if he did it wasn't much it wasn't, wasn't enough much. for us to notice so i know
1: i know yeah exactly so it's it's uh again those things go unnoticed outside of maybe your coaching staff talking about them because as fans we were pretty offensively mind, offensive minded driven i don't that didn't right. make any sense but
0: <laughs> it made enough sense for me to understand yeah. it yeah so the boys are seven and two right now right seven and two yeah. um so how do we feel about them in this early part of the season? We know that their toughest stretch of games is about to to, uh, present itself, but they've looked good at times. They've looked not so great at times. They've won some very close gutsy games and they just lost a close grind it out game this past Saturday for a young team that is lacking experience, but not only that lacking some cohesiveness because, you know, they haven't had a chance to really gel and play together all that long. Still being seven and two at this point of the season. What's your optimism level for this team zero to 10 right now?
1: Yeah, I think seven and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a few things here. One, we, we play to our competition a little bit. A lot,
0: a lot of uh, it.
1: <laughs> and, and, and here's, here's uh, one observation I made. I had a chance to spend Thanksgiving with uh, Doug and Nick McDermott, and we were watching the Southern Illinois game. And I was like, do you think the boys like hit the Bahamas club? Like, what was the name of that? Oh. <laughs> club Hurricane. Baby. Club Hurricane. And, and as you know, kind of as a joke, because the first half we were just sleepwalking. And yeah. uh, he goes, well, maybe you never know. They're in Virgin Islands. I, I don't actually think that's true, but we looked a little sluggish. Um, I, I said before the season started, when our schedule came out, eight and three in non-con. I'm a pretty happy dude. I thought Colorado State would be tough, Nebraska, they Arizona were. State, um, BYU. And this, I, Iowa State is much better than I thought, 100%. Uh, TJ has constructed a roster that just works. And uh, the way they defend, those dudes are going to win a lot of games.
0: Well, they did Iowa State did manage to bring a bunch of tough guys who really obviously showed how tough they were in that game yeah. on Saturday. I'm right there with you. I'm around, I'm hovering between a six and a half to seven and a half. I'm in that range too. Uh, like I said, and like you said as well, patience. We're gonna have to exercise patience. I think that's gonna be the toughest thing for Jays fans to hear because we have been pretty spoiled, especially the last three, four years. You know, the boys just came off of their best uh, season, arguably in, in Korean history, reaching that sweet 16 oh, for the yeah. first time since uh, the field has been moved to, you know, that tournament format. Um And then before that, you know, we have the years with, you know, my senior class and, and, you know, all the success that came with that club. And then you had that exciting team with WAP and JP and Marcus Foster and Cole Huff and, you know, Kyrie Thomas. So we've been kind of spoiled this past decade. I think we're going to have to really exercise some patience with this young team, but you know, we, like you mentioned that we've played up and down to our yeah. competition so far. So we're certainly going to win some games. We probably have no business of winning. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple of head scratches in there somewhere as well, too.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's a normal season, too, in some standpoint. Like there's I don't know how somebody used to put it. There's 20. You play normal. There's five. You win. You absolutely should. Right. There's five. You lose. And it's like, what was that? <laughs> right. Um, so we'll see. I think. um you know, back to the, some of the playbook stuff. And uh, if, if some of our, our offensive guru coach Max, if we can get that stuff embedded and, and start running it um, and then just the transition piece, I mean, it's we, that's the spoiled, you know, with Marcus Zagorowski out running with Mitch Ballack trailing from 30 feet hitting <laughs> Ballack bombs. Like there's, we've been super spoiled and and those yeah. things take time. They take time in games in situations um so well i i'm a forever optimist though so i'll be i'll be rooting we'll be cheering
0: it'll get better we'll have better days than what we had Saturday let's get into you know your love of basketball and when did that start to like really matter for you when did you realize that like look i really like this game And I want to play it for as long as I possibly can. And even when I can't play it anymore, I still want to get myself involved in basketball one way or another.
1: Yeah. Growing up, uh, we moved when I was a one-year-old. We originally had lived across from a hockey rink. And my dad said, my kids are not playing hockey. So we're (laughs) going to move into a different house. And, you know, in, in North Dakota, there's not a ton to do in the wintertime. So, um, I, 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 got lucky to get involved with some traveling basketball teams early on, uh, went to a smaller school, got a chance to play with some of the bigger kids kind of grown up through middle school and the JV level. Um, I was never good. I couldn't shoot. I had to play the post cause I was the biggest kid, but, um, I always loved the game and loved like seeing my teammates have success. And so as soon as I knew I was coming down to Creighton, I was lucky enough to get in touch with, with coach McDermott and uh, actually run a few basketball camps the summer before I I came to school and then really had no idea what being a manager meant. Um, But once you start to get immersed into it, you just, you kind of get hooked. Um, And then it's becomes like its own little fraternity, not only the, you know, sort of the managers, but with the guys themselves. I think for us, it was unique, like Colin and me, that we had two managers.
0: Right? Oh yeah, <laughs> like we, like
1: it's, now. Hard,
0: it's hard to think about it because, you know, the boys have so much help now. But back then when we first started, it was really you and Colin holding it down for that first year at least. And then yeah. Joel came on board, John McHugh came on board a little bit after that. And it became, like you said, that little bit of fraternity, a little bit of a team that you guys put together.
1: Yeah, and this isn't intended to be a blast, but Colin and I had to buy our own polos the first year like now, now now these guys they're getting shoes and pants and shirts and they all have matching stuff colin and i are out here i stole like a triple xl didn't fit colin had a few old ones we did we, we didn't match we had different shoes ever never matched ever so you know i'm hoping maybe if someone sees this they'll send me a polo or something and as a as a yeah sympathy gift to what i had to deal with and what i swam in while i was working games from the uh the bird's nest
0: oh god i <laughs> that is so funny because like i said like we've the program in and of itself has just come so far from back at the old gym to championship center every time i get back to campus it seems like a new building's been put up like during my 10 month absence, you know. So <laughs> not only the program, but also like campus and like, everything that's surrounding Crane has has really grown. To think back about our humble beginnings, humble beginnings. And I'm sure guys like Kyle Corbett and Anthony Tolliver will tell us that they had even less than what you know <laughs> than what you and I had. The but Civic it's so Center. Crazy. Exactly, It's just so crazy to think about the fact that you had to literally you buy your own polo to look presentable on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it, it, it is fun. It's fun to look back. It's fun to think about uh, so many good memories from practice to camps to hosting recruits uh, to just like these are my lifelong friends. And, uh, you know, it's a bond you really can't break.
0: I wanted to know, like the origins of you. You kind of spoke on it a little bit, having that conversation with Coach Mack and asking about, you know, what you can and can do for the program to help build it. Uh, but what was the origin of you thinking of, you know what, I want to throw myself into the fire here a little bit and become a manager.
1: Yeah, I, so I actually spent my first year at North Dakota state and I did a lot of different volunteer work, student government, uh, a couple other orgs on campus. And I just, I, I miss sports. Like I would show up to basketball games, be front row, yell at opposing teams. And as soon as he got the job. I didn't know him or the family, but we had a mutual connection. And I was like, well, maybe I can just help out. Like, I I don't think I asked to be a manager. I just said, I want to be a part of the program. And Lord knows it was not as a player, as a (laughs) walk-on. What, like, what do you do with college kids? Um, And so got put in touch. I came down on Jefferson lines, the bus, Greyhound bus. I work camp, but I was too afraid. And of course we stay in the dorms. I was too afraid to ask for a new room. My air conditioning didn't work. And there was like this little ticking noise. So all week it was 95 degrees and I had this little noise going on. I don't think I slept the first actual camp that I worked and you're getting up at 5am because that's when the kids are ready to go. And for some reason, I'm like, yeah, let me stick with this. This sounds like a really good idea. I should keep doing this. And, uh, but like I said, the relationships, I mean, First dude I met was Kenny Lawson, uh, and then just slowly started to meet more and more of the guys on the team. And you realize, like, all right, this is we got something special here.
0: What are some of the things that, like, the average fan wouldn't know that, like, a manager has to deal with on a day-to-day basis, uh, being a manager of a Korean basketball team that was on the rise at the time?
1: Uh, so this isn't necessarily day to day. I get a kick out of we had to, we had to take cell phones on the road.
0: Bro, I have that in my notes. Oh, I don't know what you have to go but go ahead. I want to I want to hear your version of, that, of you know, how that would go for you.
1: So there, there, there's, there's two pieces to this. One is I'm not going to name any names because I'm not here to blast our dudes. Uh, somebody started handing me like literally a rubber phone. And I was like, at least give me an old one, a broken one. This is clearly not your cell phone. Uh, So that happened several times. And I, Uh you know, I'm like, well, hopefully you sleep well tonight. And then there's the element of if the guy doesn't shut it off, you know, we're we're not going to touch the phones, but it's sitting inside the room and we just have like eight cell phones vibrating all night from texts and emails and Instagram notifications or whatever. And the next day, when someone would pick it up, I'd be like, "Hey, can you mute it or shut it off next time?" Because I didn't sleep. We literally had a choir of vibration happening. <laughs> so that 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 one is that was some of the fondest memories. Because you know, every time you'd, you'd knock on the door to pick it up, you'd. It's a different excuse. Come back, come back. Give me in five minutes. Like what? Right. What do you? How often accomplish? did you have to
0: make? How often? How often did you have to make the rounds of like? Because guys, we don't want to give up our cell phones at eleven fifteen at night on a weeknight just because we're on the road, right? So how often do you have to like make the rounds and be like, okay, guys, like last call, like I have to for real take your phone this time?
1: Yeah. Uh you had personal favorites. So the when you got the room list, it was very strategic of this is where I'm going first. Sorry, walk-ons. Uh right. I'm gonna get from you. <laughs> and then even if the room is right next to me, I'll I'll get to that one last. But you know, again, we My manager experience was so much better than a lot of guys, like respectful, caring and and frankly became friends like this right here. You and me, you know, it's I heard some horror stories for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I wonder if you were because I remember pulling this prank on you guys, Where we would turn our phones off, but we also set an alarm for like 15 minutes. I think like three or four of us were a part of that where we would send an alarm like three, 15 minutes apart from each other. So you'd wake up at like 4 a.m., 4.15, thirty, four four. I
1: I'd make Colin go shut those off. Oh god, you guys are sick, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro, but we had to do it to you. We didn't want our cell phones to be taken away. We're 18, 19 years uh, old, right? That's
0: the prime of cell phone life. You know what I mean? Like we just yeah. didn't want that access well, to be taken away from us.
1: And now it's like I could have my iPad, I could have my computer. The the reality right. of of shutting off communication, it just doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. So
0: not in this day and age, but back then it was I had my Blackberry. You know my Blackberry was BBM everything to me before I lost it. BBM, baby big bbm guy yeah but yeah man uh when did you guys start organizing managers games i remember like i was in study hall uh, night before a game and i just kept hearing the ball bouncing i'm like man someone's up there putting in work like i thought it was one of our guys i go upstairs and you guys are having a full-on game against like bradley's managers so yeah. when did that like begin and how did you guys really start to organize that
1: well i think Well, first two years, we didn't have enough guys. So my senior year, you know, Johnny McHugh, who is Mr. Organization himself. I I don't know how he got in touch. I don't know if it was through like the director of ops on the opposing teams, but it's really blown up. Like, I think there's national manager games. We, we would always try and recruit like a walk on to kind of join us. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we had a few grad assistants who were pretty good players uh, one who played way too hard, Donnie Vandenberg. Um, and once Donnie those games. Was in there.
0: Donnie was in there trying to really hurt somebody. I oh, like, man.
1: <laughs> once those games, like if someone got hurt or overly competitive, I-, I was like, it's not really worth it. We don't need guys getting hurt. But it was fun. I mean, it's just good to. For me, it was cardio. Like how not to get fat while being a, a-, <laughs> a manager slash college student. So uh, I never scored much. But just run up and down the floor a little bit and always good to post a, a victory over Nebraska or, you know, one of the Missouri Valley rivals. I can't remember who we all played, but um,
0: I know it wasn't every team, but I felt like it was a yeah. majority of the teams. Like if it was like six or seven of the teams that were really down to play and actually compete a little bit yeah. uh, because you guys were also instrumental in starting that A's you know, Twitter handle when it first started blowing up. And that's when, like, people caught wind that you guys were doing this and you would post a picture of all the managers either before the game or after the game all together, one shot, uh, which was kind of incredible because you kind of forget that the majority of guys are guys who really love to play, who, who really still want to be involved in the sport, you know, and this is another way for them to express that.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun to look back at those photos and say, "Coach, coach, 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 coach." You know, even mm-hmm. getting a sense of that now with John McHugh obviously on staff at Creighton, Kevin Jewell who's on Lutz's staff down at Corpus Christi, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Pop is at Fairleigh Dickinson. So, uh, Joe Pop, baby. The the network of guys um, going on and being successful, whether it's as a coach, uh, doctor, attorney, business person, like. That'll be, that'll be fun to, to look back on 20 years from now and all the things you learn being a manager applying to your actual real life. I mean, life
0: is, you're mostly going to be in a team setting. You're going to have to learn always. how to, not everyone's an entrepreneur doing everything from the ground up. And even when you get to that point, you're going to have to delegate some of, you know, some of your responsibilities if you really want to build something. So yeah, being a part of a team is always something that's going to be helpful in all facets of life, I would say.
1: And sometimes you're going to have to do some really stinky
0: laundry. Every once in a while, that just kind of (laughs) comes with the territory. I mentioned some of the championship teams that you were a part of in the open. Uh, For someone like you who's done so much behind the scenes that the average person doesn't know about, once you saw, you know, let's just say like it's championship Sunday in St. Louis, we beat Wichita, which was your last experience, right? Yeah. Uh, Once that happens, what kind of satisfaction do you feel even though like, you know, you didn't check into the game, you know, you, you didn't score a bucket or get a charge, but you've done a lot to help the team get to that point. What is that overwhelming feeling uh, like for you when you were a part of, you know, teams that were so successful?
1: Yeah, special. Uh, I, I think those early mornings, late nights, uh, whether it's laundry, rebounding, uh, nobody sees that, right? Like nobody is behind those scenes, but all those moments make it worthwhile. For me, Wichita was my 22nd birthday. Uh, I got a chance to cut down the net and just celebrate the success of you guys. I mean, I think it's a it's a culmination of, obviously, a hard conference season, a pretty special experience in St. Louis, not as special as what our fans get, maybe. Uh, but, uh, and, and then, you know, like, we're going to carry this trophy on the plane back home. Uh, and then next day it's like, all right, let's start getting ready for the NCAA tournament. I think it's right. You know, it's definitely a peak and then you actually get your next peak on selection Sunday, the following week, which is where are we go and who are we playing and uh, how are we going to get these guys ready for that? So it's, it was a pretty awesome feeling. Um, even if you're in a polo versus a Jersey uh, to, to celebrate with, with your team. I mean, it's, it's like a big sales thing. It's uh, you pass the test and uh, wow. you, you don't get a lot of time to reflect on, on the championship because it's back to work the next day, but right. <laughs> um, I still have that piece of net with me today. I have both of those right
0: <laughs> from the tournament and I'm yeah. hanging on both hats and i still have both hats in mama's basement mama don't you dare get rid of those hats! i swear (laughs) if i come back and i find out that they're gone i'm gonna be upset but yeah man those memories you just it's hard to take away like i every once in a while i'll just sit there and i just have flashbacks come to me and it's like it happened
1: yesterday it's kind of crazy how that works out yeah i think i actually caught a buzz with our fans from the amount of just beer and Cheetos like <laughs> flowing from their pores. When, when they rushed the court uh, in St. Louis, I think. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need a celebratory <laughs> well, cocktail. It was just, it was there.
0: Our fans are known to get rowdy, so I'm not shocked about that at all. TBT, Omaha Blue Crew, Mike, there's something that you need to announce to us.
1: Right yeah, here,
0: right now, on the Welcome mm-hmm. to the J podcast,
1: we are we are stoked. Uh, myself, Josh Jones, Coach Ice, the City of Omaha, Omaha Sports Commission. We are excited to announce that we are hosting uh, at DJ Sokol Arena the first, second, and third round of of TBT. Now, this will be just one specific regional, and uh, we've talked about it a lot since last year. For those of you who got the chance to watch an amazing game well amazing finish to kansas state amazing. uh yeah. and then just a, an incredible playing experience against wichita again not not the ideal finish for our guys but uh we've talked since that day like we got to get this to omaha the world needs to see how omaha will support this and uh we're excited july 16th through the 19th there'll be more ticket information coming out but uh It'll be a chance alumni, great basketball alumni will come back. We'll have all the stars hopefully back in town, uh, do some stuff for the community, and then let's let's play some basketball. Let's support these guys um, and get a chance to see how their games have transformed from being overseas. Obviously, Jahens was uh, a crucial part of last year's squad, along with a few other alumni, and uh, excited to, to get back to work. We'll probably do a training camp the week before with our squad and then hopefully reel off a couple games, win a million bucks. Why not?
0: Why not? Let's do it. First of all, Mike, I gotta say this. For those of you who are listening, not watching, I'm giving a sitting ovation because I'm not going to stand up during the podcast (laughs) to give them one, but you do deserve a standing ovation because man, we talked about TBT for a little while and we always had the question, like, what is it going to take for us to finally organize, put a team together, you know, finally last year, yourself, Josh Jones, all the people behind the scenes reached out and said, hey, what are the odds that, you know, the boys would want to play if we actually organize this? I was always a proponent of enough of us are going to want to play that it's going to make it work for a while. And I think the fans are really going to come out and support that. We go, we represent a little bit in Wichita, you know, yeah. obviously, like you mentioned, wasn't the ending that we wanted in that second game against Aftershocks. But still, we had enough people very interested in Omaha that were watching from the region that TBT took a chance on us. And just our second season in TBT, we're going to be one of the host regions. That's that's incredible, Mike.
1: Yeah, yeah, super awesome. I I think it goes without saying thank you, Coach McDermott, Teresa McDermott, Doug McDermott. Your support in year one does not go unnoticed. Um, Mm -hmm. For our guys, the meals we fed them, uh, the travel transportation. There's a lot that goes into it from a budgetary standpoint. So, uh, thank you to them. You know, we're excited here to build on it, uh, get all the alumni involved, uh, and win some more games. I think, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's our, our brand is national. The Creighton brand is national. Our guys are now playing internationally. We have the alumni to, uh, to put together a full squad and frankly, win some games. Um, And just keep building on that because we're going to keep having more guys that will play at the next level, whether it's the NBA, the G League or overseas and making great money, supporting their families.
0: It's incredible. (laughs) Like, I can't believe that I will have a chance to represent Curtin University in Omaha eight years after graduation. (laughs) Like, just for me to think about that, like my Man, I feel like I want to play right now, right this second. Like, it, I, I never thought that I'd have a chance to do that again. And and here we are. We're a few months away already.
1: Yeah. Do you think we could sell it out?
0: Oh, I'm saying that we're going to sell out Sokol so bad. They're going to look to see if we could get into shy health. But Ooh. we'll see. That's going to be a little bit more difficult, right? But uh, I don't know. If we don't, though, and if we can only sell out Sokol, I'm looking forward to that, too, because I've seen – women's volleyball i've seen women's basketball rock and they get they it, it could get rocking in there so i would know i know that they would like to come out there and support us for sure but you know you know i'm you're an eternal optimist so am i i would love for us to be able to move the venue to to uh shy health jesus can the name i keep blanking it blanking the right now, but the quest yeah never, no. oh always the quest the original quest <laughs>
1: how crazy is it
0: that you and i got a chance to reunite Over some basketball this summer. Isn't that insane? Another thing I never thought I'd get to say. So fun, man.
1: So fun. (laughs) It's, you know, it's interesting. You can be apart from these people for so long and it's like you're just, you never miss a beat.
0: As soon as we get back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, but you know, now it's how's your wife? How's your kids? Where are you living? What are you doing? Where are you playing? Like it's hard to to follow you guys overseas and we're trying to do a better job of that from a writing standpoint. but the experiences you all are getting is unbelievable. I mean, it's,
0: you know, you can speak to it better than anybody. Like
1: I have some cousins yeah. that play volleyball, but for you guys to just go overseas, live these cultures, eat the food, um, experience, you know, European basketball, it's pretty incredible. It's been a crazy ride for me. I can speak for myself.
0: I never thought I'd be in year eight of doing this thing. After this season, I'll be heading into year nine. Like, awesome, it's kind of crazy how time flies. And like you said, yeah, I've been able to go all over the place and you know witness some different cultures and eat some different foods and meet some different people. But there is nothing like being able to go back and play in Omaha. So I'm really, really looking forward to that, man. I don't know if you can tell, but like I said, man, I'm, I'm already looking forward to it. I, I already know our fans are going to represent, so I'm not too worried about yeah. that for now. It's whether or not we'll be able to field a team that's going to be, you know, uh, that's going to represent not only Crane University, obviously, but it's called the Omaha Blue Crew for a reason. We're representing all of Omaha as well. So, yeah. you know, yeah. even if you're, uh, for whatever reason, a UNO fan or for whatever reason, a Nebraska basketball fan and you're from Omaha, you can still come and rep the Blue Crew just for those couple of days that, that we're going to be able to play in Omaha.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll see a team from UNO or, or Lincoln um, down the line, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. I, <laughs> that, that's, a, that's, a, you talk about another one of those behind the scenes things. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, ask Josh Jones how many people he got in touch with committed to playing and then didn't actually play. It's, right. it's reaching triple digits. Jeez. Well. So.
0: We're going to feel a good team. We're going to make Omaha proud this summer. I, I could feel it in my bones already.
1: I feel one for, before, one, for one with you, so.
0: Hey, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll take yeah. those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I let you go, I know you're a busy man. So many behind-the-scenes things that you do. So many low-key things that you do that not only helps, you know, the people around you, but the world in general. You're such a giving person. So I'm not going to take too much of your time. Got to ask you some standard questions that I asked most of the guests. And then one that's pertaining to you
1: okay. specifically our
0: favorite college arena to play in while you were as a student manager. Oh, man. I... mm-hmm.
1: This one, it kills me, but Wichita State was really cool. Yeah. That, it, it was really it's cool.
0: It's okay to say that. I think Coach Mack said that too. Maybe Gregory Echenique, but. Wichita State, there's a lot of bad blood there. I so remember.
1: loud, man. It was so loud. I My ears hurt. Um, yeah. And the rivalry in, a, in the game. You know, I think we're on ESPN or ESPN2. And, um, that, one's, that one's tough to beat. I didn't get to go to San Diego State, but I had heard pretty good things about that one. That was another really
0: good one. I wish you were on that trip. Yeah. Favorite college basketball player when you were growing up?
1: Favorite player growing up. Well, if we if we like, going way throwback, there was a guy named Denver Tenbrook that played at North Dakota State, and he was, he was a bucket. And then the other yeah. one I would go with is Ben Woodside, who should have played at, like, Minnesota, but he came to NDSU, and absolute bucket. Like, this dude, he gave Kansas 35 in the NCAA tournament, and yeah. Bill Self said, that's the best guard we've seen all year, so –
0: i love how you keep your affiliations near and dear to you (laughs) that means a lot to me that means a lot to me favorite restaurant in omaha
1: favorite restaurant in omaha uh if we're going really let's go we're going to do two Um, italian via farina okay and if we're going sort of like casual block 16 man i miss that place You were a big Block
0: 16 guy, for sure. I do remember the few times that you went, you always asked me if I wanted to go with. I don't know if I ever went during, you know, broke student athlete at the time. I don't know if I ever actually went. I was sticking with the uh, (laughs) Brandeis's that I'm used to. But yeah, no, Block 16 is go. I'm not going to lie to you. It's some pretty good food.
1: If we had NIL, you'd have been buying me steak every night, so...
0: God, if we had NIL, Dougie McDermott would have been a millionaire by halfway through freshman year. Well, you're not but wrong. <laughs> if if we're fifth, we'd all be drunk, by Yeah, true. <laughs> Last question. Who had the best manager
1: squad? The best manager squad. Uh, well, this isn't – I'm not going to say based on, like, basketball – I was blown away by what Duke did. Like one, they had more bodies than anybody I've ever seen. And they like spaced them out every four feet around the court towel on the shoulder, clipboard in hand, basketball, pencil in the ear. And I just remember being like, what is this? Like, and I think it's some of coach K's, you know, army days coming out a little bit, but Mm -hmm. man, they, they ran a machine compared to like us just, kind of showing up like a little bit disgruntled. The other one I'll say is Florida Gulf Coast, when they showed up to the NCAA tournament and all their managers had J's on, their polos were untucked. I was like, hey, these dudes look kind of fun. And I actually leaned over to Colin. I was like, watch this. They're going to beat Georgetown, like as a joke. And it turns out they did yeah
0: that was uh what was it what did they dub themselves was it dunk Dunk city City. yeah there it is yeah dunk city that was so wild that like obviously they're in the same region as us uh playing in that same building i remember our game leading up to uh duke yeah when georgetown was walking through our tunnel and all those dudes were crying and i was like there's no way they just lost to those guys you know but When you go back and you look at that film, you look back and look at those highlights. That team was a well-oiled machine as well. So shout out to Florida Gulf Coast. They're really, they're their thing in that that tournament for sure. Had a memorable run that I kind of wish that we had. (laughs) I know,
1: I know. Maybe let's do it in TBT.
0: Man, let's do it. I'm looking forward to it, brother. You already know. Mickey, Mike, thank you so much for taking some of your time today. I appreciate you so much. I love you, brother. Can't wait for us to get back together this summer. We got to do more than TBT, bro. We got to golf. We got to hang out. We got to figure this thing out.
1: We will. We will. Love you, Jay. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, big fan of the pod and and uh, grateful to kind of share the manager experience and Hell uh, yeah, lucky to be a fan of great basketball. That's all I got to say.
0: Of course. For those of you listening, thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate all your support. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Philly 68 Media Network for content such as this. As always, go Jays and everybody stay safe. out there.